Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. We are live after UFC Vegas 69 has come to an end. And while the card will not be a memorable one from start to finish, the main event will be giving us something to talk about for a little while as Aaron Blanchfield submits Jessica Andrade in the second round. She is for real, for real. And... Could a title fight be next for her? She wants the winner of Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. And damn it, I think she deserves it. Will she get it? Whole other story altogether, but we'll see what happens. I certainly think she should be fighting for the title after that incredible win to cap off a card. And boy, that couldn't have come at a better moment after the previous three main card fights. But thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck. Nice to have Jose Youngs with us here on the post-fight show. What's up, buddy? It's nice to be back in America. It's nice to, uh, you know, not be stuck on a plane or traveling for 50 hours. So happy to be here, gentlemen. Let's talk, and I'm going to use this term loosely, and for those listening, in air quotes, fights. Let's do it. (laughs) And Jed Mishu, who I'm sure come Thursday when he looks back on this card and joins the BTL panel, he is going to sing this card's praises with every single fight we talk about. Isn't that accurate, Jed? Jose, serious question. Would you rather watch the main card of this event or be back on that plane for 57 hours or whatever it was? (laughs) Uh, Watch this fight card. That should tell you my ordeal. I mean, I'm impressed because it felt 57 hours to me at home watching this. It was a tough hang. (laughs) I, I think this would have been the perfect card to watch on the flight because then I would have dozed right oh. off and then I would have woke up in America. Yeah, I will say this. Thanks, guys, for making this one in early because there is that that stretch of three in the main. I would have fallen asleep for sure. Like I just wouldn't have been able to do it if this was like the 10 p.m. 
you know, road to the UFC fight night car. I'm donezo. Well, let's start with Aaron Blanchfield, the star of the show. Competitive first round on the feet with Jessica Andrade. Seems like the scoring was kind of all over the place. Some people thought Andrade. I actually thought Andrade won the first round. I thought she landed the more damaging strikes, but I also thought that was a great round for the bank account, so to speak, of Aaron Blanchfield because she made Jessica Andrade work. Jessica was breathing pretty hard going back into the corner, and the momentum was clearly swinging in her favor. Her confidence was unbelievable. It was all over her face beginning in that second round. Lands a couple shots, gets the body lock, takes her down, immediately to side control, takes the back, immediately cinches in the rear naked choke, and forces the tap in the second round. One minute and 37 seconds into round number two. What a performance for Aaron Blanchfield. Jose, your reaction to cold-blooded, because this is one of those fights people... We're like, ooh, this might be a, a bridge too far for Aaron Blanchfield, but it is intriguing. And boy, did she pass this test with flying colors. Nah, I didn't think this was a bridge too far considering Jessica Andrade took this fight on super short notice. I know Jessica Andrade is a bad, bad woman, and so is Aaron Blanchfield, and I fully expect Aaron Blanchfield to fight for the UFC title at some point in her career. I, I, I picture to beat Jessica Andrade solely for the fact that Jessica how how long ago did she take this fight? Like, I was backstage at media day when they announced this fight and Jessica Andrade is a heavy-handed some like high-level grappler and that is exactly what Tyler Santos is too so it's not like Aaron Blanchfield had to change much of her game plan she's actually just fighting a shorter women woman who is should be a straw weight so I just thought Aaron Blanchfield has been in a full camp preparing for a very specific opponent her new opponent wasn't that much different uh, so I just I just picked I thought this was an easy pick for Aaron Blanchfield. She is uber impressive. I, I think she should be undefeated. I scored her only loss to Casey Cortez for Aaron Blanchfield. I watched that with Casey after I think it was open workouts here in Phoenix before Nganu came Velasquez. I think that ended, then we watched it after. I can't remember. That was so long ago. That's neither here nor there. Aaron Blanchfield looks awesome, and I hope she fights for the title either in August or September against the winner assuming valentina wins which we obviously everyone's going to pick her to win because if alexa wins then obviously they're going to do the rematch probably in mexico but if valentina wins then bring on aaron the aaron blanchfield era jed what, what was the first thing you thought of when blanchfield got this tap i saw i saw a tweet that i think is are going to get a lot of people to stop and, and read it a couple of times and i think it makes a lot of sense but was that you, you could kind of go back through that tweet was that the first thing you thought of uh, I think my first tweet was, man, I'm I'm all the way here for Blanchfield versus Valentina because that fight is now way more interesting than I thought it was 23 minutes ago. Uh, and my second thought was, if I'm a women's flyweight, I'm going to find a new line of work because I don't know. <laughs> ain't no reason to be fighting. I am not going to be the world champion because I'm not beating Valentina right now and I'm not beating Aaron Blanchfield for the next 10 years or whatever. And maybe I'm not beating Blanchfield now. Like, we'll see because she'll get her day against Valentina. Uh, Valentina's going to run over Alexa Grasso. But we'll get this fight later this year. And if if Aaron can convert, unbelievable and <laughs> sucks to be the rest of you all because you ain't beating that woman. And it still sucks to be you like, Casey O'Neill, you have promise and you look like you, you're a solid prospect. 
give up. Go back to school. Get a get an accounting license. Do something else because you ain't gonna be champion now while this woman's around. We're it's a wrap, guys. We're done here. Were you surprised by this fight, Jed? Were, were you surprised, so surprised by the way it all went? <laughs> yes. Look, like I thought that Blanchfield could win if she could get takedowns because she's a predatory grappler, right? But I thought it would look like the first round that part of it because she didn't get them because Jessica Andrade is a house. And my questions about Andrade's ability to win were largely, if this fight does go into deeper waters, how's that going to look, taking this on such short notice? But she's just coming off a of fight camp. I figured it would be okay, in large part because Aaron Blanchfield is not a very good striker. And I say is not because I still, as her performance tonight was impressive in some regards, but it wasn't like, good it was effective those are very different things right she still got hit a whole bunch but she apparently has a great chin which is another huge problem for everyone at flyweight because she's probably the best grappler in the division like two women's flyweights mm. in the world have actual have actual knockout power uh and they're not going to be not able to knock her out because if jessica and Drage landing clean on you doesn't send you to the shadow realm nobody else is going to like she she's gonna run this shit real real soon and i was super impressed by what what she looked like on the feet even though it wasn't like pretty she was super willing has a great chin and she tagged and dragged a bunch because she was she wasn't afraid to take shots and that i don't know i don't know who's gonna beat this woman that's not named valentina shevchenko it was the reverse William Knight first round from Aaron Blanchfield where she just didn't care, got after it. No matter what came after and hit her, she was fine with it. She made Jessica Andrade work, which I thought was was very impressive and got her tired. And second round, she was able to steal that momentum and, and, and turn it into a submission. But you made a noise, Jose, when Insta. Jed was going through what he was having to say. So what was that noise about? Oh, just because there's someone named Tatiana Suarez that's also technically flyweight right now, so I'm not ready to crown anyone the best grappler in the women's flyweight division I, until I will believe fight. Tatiana Suarez when she does fight next weekend. We still have seven whole days, and anything could prevent her from fighting. I mean, that's one way to look at it. So, uh, a lot of talk, Jose. I mean, Aaron Blanchfield's 23, Jose. This is a very mm -hmm. scary woman who's only just going to get better and better as time goes by. And there's a lot of talk on these shows about the level of prospects that we have in the UFC. We talk about Bo Nickel and Shafkat Rachmanovs and, 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 and fighters like that as, as they come in and they, and they build their resumes inside the octagon. I saw a lot of people tweet this out, so I'll ask you. Is right now Aaron Blanchfield the best prospect in the sport? Hmm. Is she a prospect anymore? She's twenty three. I, I think. I think that. Well, has I guess. To, the, I guess you're. At, I guess the question is: Is a prospect age based or is it like comp competitive based? Like, because if you beat Jessica Andrade and Molly McCann back to back, I don't really consider you a prospect because they've been in the UFC forever. But if you're considering an, anyone under the age of twenty five a prospect, like in you know a non combative entertainment sport, then I probably because I don't off the top of my head, I can't think of a whole lot of like Muhammad Mahayev is pretty freaking high up there as well he's what 22 23 as well Aaron Blanchfield at this point is essentially the number one contender for the best women's fighter in the world so I I personally 
I don't I don't age base it, but if that's what we're doing here, then sure, why not? Like I'm not gonna argue with you. Prospect slash up and comer. I don't even think she's up and coming anymore. She's she like came. She came. <laughs> she's she's here. Yeah. She's here. The dog. only point the, literally the only up is to be the champion now. She will be the number one not champion in the division. Uh, yeah, so prospects is I guess a subjective term. I if so no, I don't consider her a prospect, but if people do, then I don't I can't think of many other people higher than her. Jed, is her ceiling as high as it can get right now in this sport for a young fighter who may or may not be an up and comer, who may or may not be a prospect? Because she's here and she's the number one contender for this title, but she's still nowhere near as good as she's going to be. Yeah, I mean, she got more ceiling to go. Here, here's Aaron Blanchfield's ceiling right now. The longest reigning flyweight champion of all time and a two time or two division champion. That's the ceiling. We may not get there. We may not even get halfway there, but we talk about it all the time, either publicly or privately. 135 is a wasteland, just a horrifically bad division. Uh, and Aaron Blanchfield could probably beat most of those women like tomorrow. Uh, so I imagine that over the next five years, since since Bantamweight has like six fights a year, that will still hold true for her because Holly Holm will still be a top five Bantamweight because that's just how that weight class works. Like that's her ceiling. Her ceiling is two division champion. She's 23, so longest reigning champion ever. I have no idea if we'll get there. If she's a prospect, she's at worst like number three in the world. Uh, I would also say Usman Nurmagomedov. If we're doing sub twenty-five, that, that dude's a pretty good-looking prospect too. But like, <laughs> I don't think she's a prospect. She's just here. She's the second best fighter in the division. I think once you get that, you're you're not a prospect. You're just you're there. You're one of the very best fighters in the world. And uh, fortunately, we probably have ten more years at least of this. So that's going to be really fun. Where would you gauge Blanchfield's chances right now, Jose, against Valentina Shevchenko? I know she got to fight Alexa Grasso, and we'll learn a little bit more. And obviously, we'll have to build to that fight if Valentina wins. But if for some reason this fight, if they just went right to Valentina versus Aaron Blanchfield like four or five months from now, that was the fight that we're focused on. It's on the books. It's on the posters. What are the chances you're giving Aaron Blanchfield in this fight? Is it higher than most of the women Valentina has faced over the last few years? Yeah, first sure. it's higher than the, the people that she's faced, just given the only two times that Valentina has looked any sort of human has been someone that can, you know, take her down and be on top, like round, then Valentina adjusted and then just ran over her for four rounds. And then obviously the Tyler Santos one is the big one. Uh Tyler was just a bigger opponent too. And obviously you heard the rumors of Valentina might have had like a foot injury or she came in like lighter than she normally does. So that might have played a factor, but doesn't really matter because Valentina still won in the end of the day. Given what we've seen as the only times that, like I've said, Valentina has shown any sort of chink in the armor, then I would obviously give Aaron Blanchfield a greater chance. I'm not I wouldn't pick her to win, but I'll on a one to 100 scale, maybe 33% chance. And then so one third chance right now, she's still very young. It's not like she's going anywhere. She's still got a lot to improve. Um, Valentin has probably been fighting longer than Aaron Blanchfield's been alive. So <laughs> let's take that into consideration. 
Jay, what do you think? Because obviously we, it's not the same as Yair in, in terms of the leveling up and the, because obviously we're, we're, we're much more interested in Yair challenging Alexander Volkanovsky today than we were like eight days ago after watching how Yair performed, watching Volkanovsky versus Makachev. Do you feel kind of similarly with, with, with Aaron Blanchfield right now after this performance? Do you feel like her chances are higher now than they were two days ago? Like how much more interested yeah. are you in and how much of a how much bigger of a chance are you giving Aaron Blanchfield compared to past title challengers? She's gonna have the best chance of any of the past title challengers, both from an odd standpoint, like the smallest anyone's been uh or the smallest that Shevchenko's been against anyone during this run is the first fight with with Yana and Jacek. So when she won the vacant belt, she was like minus 300, which was a hilariously low line at the time. Uh, it's probably going to be something similar, depending what Alexa Grasso ends up looking like. Um, I don't know. If Shevchenko kind of dogs it in that one, maybe that fight gets real close. If Shevchenko just runs over Grasso, she might get a bigger bump uh, coming into this. But it's I feel pretty confident saying Blanchfield is going to be the the easiest sell as for why someone could be competitive and i'm more interested in the fight now than i was i still don't think she wins it um but i i gotta see it now like there's no other fight to make frankly if if alexa grasso wanted to step aside and we could do this fight that fight is far more compelling to me than than grasso versus shevchenko so yeah uh i still just don't it feels like it's a really tough matchup for her um, particularly at this stage of her career, but gotta see it. Gotta see it. Great win for Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, Jessica Andrade just on the ESPN post show says she's going back to 115, which she probably would have done even if she won this fight. So I think that's probably the best spot for her. And I, I think the best place for her now is just is just fighting there for foreseeable future. But she is just such a gangster, and if opportunities come up, she just jumps on them, and that's just the fighter that she is. So she'll come back. She'll still be very good. Uh, this will just be a setback for Jessica Andrade. She's still the real deal. So The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Not a ton to talk about on this main card. Uh, Zach Pauga beats Jordan Wright in a fight. There you go. Uh, Jamal Pogues also had a fight against Josh Parisian. Gets the unanimous decision win. 
I do want to talk for a moment, Jed, and I'll start with you about the second fight on the main card. That wasn't a fight. Don't you call it a fight. Don't you call it a fight. (laughs) The, I I don't know what you call it. Uh, Jose just knew what we were going to talk about. So he just laughed. Jose in protest. Like I'm not talking about (laughs) Procneo William Knight. F that noise. Oh man. Marching Paccio, William Knight. Like if your grandchildren came up to you like 20 years from now, Jed, and they're like, Hey, tell me about William Knight versus Marching Pratchio at UFC Vegas 69. What are you going to tell them? Be like, it's the, one of the worst things I've ever seen in inside a cage. Like I don't, this isn't the other fights that jump out like this all at least have some hook that makes them somewhat interesting, right? Like, Caleb Storns literally ran away in the cage. And that was, that's at least funny in hindsight. And even at the time it was, it was morbidly like curiously amusing. William Knight just clearly didn't want to fight uh, and credit or whatever to Marcin Prochnio. He had no interest in giving William Knight any opportunity to just bullshit his way to some kind of a one punch win. So he just kicked him a whole lot and stayed out of, out of range for doing anything other than kicking this poor immobile man in the leg over and over again. But it wasn't, but these are two guys who we don't care about. So it makes it like a thousand times worse. Like a Sparza, Versus Rose is probably the worst fight I've ever actually seen as far as like things that are happening. But that's at least like memorable in that it was for a freaking title and that you saw one woman just throw away a belt for no discernible reason. That's a memorable thing. Caleb Storm's running away is memorable. Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis freaking castanzing the world to deliver the least fun fight possible between those two dudes that is memorable in a in a way this is just this was just whatever and terrible uh and honestly the my my only takeaway here is that all of you bums are wrong and i'm right you go check mma decisions right now you'll see a (laughs) bunch of sheep who gave this 30 27 and one person who gave it 30 24 procneo and that's me, and that is the correct scorecard, and y'all need to read up on the rules for giving William Knight nine points around for throwing zero strikes. That's not how this shit works. All of you should be embarrassed. What are we, William Knight landed eight total strikes in that fight? That's what it was, that was I, the number, right? Eight total yeah, strikes? So it, maybe it was nine. It was not double digits. He the mo- he landed like four one round was like the most strikes he landed. He did zero in this fight. Jose, even the UFC was kind of trolling William Knight on social media, just throwing out memes and throwing out pictures and Patrick from SpongeBob memes and quotes and all sorts of stuff. This was just such a weird 15 minutes of our lives, was it not? Yeah, William was about as active as my Wi-Fi right now, which should tell you everything. <laughs> there you go. So we'll see what happens. I don't. I don't know if William Knight will be fighting inside the octagon next. Zero zero percent chance. <laughs> yeah, zero percent chance. 
I will bet any amount of money that William Knight does not get returned to the UFC. After yeah, that, you simply true. cannot. <laughs> you just can't. Uh, the main card opener was fun, though, Jed. Alexander Hernandez gets a, gets a win over Jim Miller. And, you know, Alex, we talk about Alexander Hernandez a lot. And he looked – he had a, a Hernandez-esque type first round where he looked good. Uh, Miller looked pretty good in the first round, too. I thought Hernandez won the first round. Some people thought – Miller did. Actually, a lot of people thought Miller won the first round. I thought Hernandez won the first round. He clearly won the second round. He was clearly winning the third. And then he had like a second round kind of brain clot, like cloud. But it was in the third round. And Miller takes him down and takes his back and looks like he's about to strangle him. And Hernandez gets out of it, ends up getting two 30-27s and a 29-28. Some people thought Jim Miller was robbed. That's just not true. I thought Hernandez won that fight, but it was but it was a good scrap, Jed. What, what what did you take away from Alexander Hernandez versus Jim Miller? More so on the Hernandez side, because although he almost gave it away in the third, I thought this is probably the most mature performance he's had since maybe the Olivia Aubin Mercier fight. Uh honestly, it's the same thing I think every time I watch Alexander Hernandez fight. How did this dude freaking salt Benil Dariush? Like, I don't... That is one of the most perplexing outcomes to me in recent fight history because he's just not very good. Like, he's not awful. He's not a terrible fighter or whatever. But, like, God love Jim Miller. Jim Miller still is still throwing, you know, change-ups and sliders and working with off-speed pitches. But Jim Miller doesn't have a fastball anymore. It's just, it's just not part of his game. He's got too many years, too many miles on him. And Alex Hernandez couldn't do a lot with that. You're absolutely right. This was the most mature like performance. He didn't totally collapse after five minutes like he has been prone to doing. And it's still like he still kind of almost collapsed in the third round before getting it back on track. And all this against a dude who doesn't, have an a game anymore like it he's a he is a lightweight and that's it like every lightweight is pretty good they can do a lot of things and on any random night they can beat somebody who's really good because that division is a freaking shark tank but my uh, my thought always with alex hernandez is how in god's name did you knock out benil dariush it doesn't make any friggin' sense guys Jose, what did you think of his performance? And he said after the fact that, you know, he took this fight because it was short notice and it was an opportunity, but he wants to go back to 145. Neat. He didn't look real good at 145. B. Jim Miller, who has the most wins in the history of a promotion on short notice at 155. So uh, he also, I know, apparently his, you know, baby maker didn't work at 145. Not... Maybe Alex Hernandez doesn't want to, you know, reproduce. Maybe that's best for the world based on few interactions I've had with him. Um, but yeah, do what you want, man. 145 hasn't been kind to you though. Man, that was that was some salt right there. Some some salt from Jose Youngs. Uh anything else you guys want to bring up? The prelims are fun. There's some good prelim fights. Uh the Evan Elder fight was weird, uh, because it ended with a nasty cut. Mm-hmm. And wow. yeah, Apparently, uh, Nazim Sadikov at his post-fight scrum admitted that it was a headbutt 
that actually caused the cut. So I don't think anything is going to change. I don't think it's going to be a no contest or anything like that. But I thought that was some honest and interesting follow from that. And Evan Elder was up two rounds on all three judges scorecards. So you got a feel for the BTL alum, Evan Elder. Uh, he looked really good in that fight. That was a good scrap. Uh, Myra Bueno Silva gets the D bar over Lena Landsberg. Good win for Jamal Emmers. I thought he looked fantastic. Hands Kusain Ashkaboff, his first loss. Uh, Slim Philippe Linz just doing the damn thing. Knocks out OSP. AJ Fletcher beats Themba Garimbo with a nice, nasty elbow into a ghillie. And then Clayton Carpenter, really good fighter out of Arizona. Looked good on the contender series. Has the Batman voice Mm -hmm. very deep and just very cool. Yeah, Clay Uh, Clay and Carpenter. Clay, Clay and Carpenter used to beat the shit out of me when we were at Power MMA. That tracks. <laughs> Jad, what stood out for you? He's pretty good. Not like he did to He's me what fighting. Aaron Blanchfield did to Jessica Andrade, and he would just laugh. <laughs> that's so. That that's great. That's a so, great story. So what I'm getting from this is that Jose is as good a fighter as Juan Camilo Ronderos because he did the same thing to Juan Camilo Ronderos, basically. So oh. that's the big takeaway yeah. from this fight card. We did it, guys. Except the difference is I was like 23 and Clayton, Cur- Clayton Carpenter was like 17 and he kicked me in the head and he <laughs> dropped me on my head. That's and the worst. Proceeded to beat the sh- shit out of me. That's the worst when those little whippersnappers come into the gym and just ruin your day, make you feel yeah, like they, an old man. They it's definitely terrible. do. They definitely do. Uh, anything? Uh, a- any performance or fight you wanna you wanna touch on, Jed? Sure. Uh, very quickly. One. Let the so if if Sadikov admitted that that was a headbutt. One. I don't really know to what extent you can admit that because like you probably have some sense. But uh, he also could be mistaken about what actually caused the cut. But assuming that it's just true and that that's what caused it, then Elder got screwed. He should have won. Because if he's up 2-0 on the cards, it should go to tech decision. He's up 2-0. He, sh- he should win. So it shouldn't even be a no contest. Elder just got screwed out of getting the W. So that's unfortunate. Uh My Buena Silva actually looks like she might not be awful, which is okay because – Phantom weight needs all the help it can get. OSP super, super washed. Uh, Hussein Ashkabov has fraud alert. 23 and fraud is uh, what we can call that man. Uh, and then, yeah, the first two fights were at least fun. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the rundown on the prelims, guys. There's not a ton, not a ton else that I would have to add to any of that, frankly. And the two most electric bets in the sport both cashed on this card, right? Flyweight unders, heavyweight One overs, of them's right? not even electric. Flyweight unders isn't even electric. It's just guaranteed. It's just, I think it's like seven and one in 2023. They just don't miss. Heavyweight overs are like 50-50, but it's electric every time out. I got to tell you, the only fight on this card outside of the main event that I was actively really interested in while I was watching was Pogue's Parisian. Not because it was good, but because like I I just needed it to get to 12 and a half minutes. And there were some stretches there where I was like, is Parisian gonna 
going to Parisian his way and gas this man out? Or is he just going to tap to something real dumb from Pogues? It was electric. It was a great watch. Congratulations on, on those two betting victories. All right, Casey, we're going to take two questions. Two. So find Yay. the two best questions. The two very best. I am genuinely excited to see what constitutes a good question coming Me off too. this card. That's why I'm doing this to close it out. <laughs> because this was this was this this was a card. This was a card. This what, it w- it was early and it was eleven fights. So Yes. I can't I can't be that mad at it. BKFC wins the weekend for sure. I didn't watch a second of that. How was it? Oh, uh, oh it was del- it was it was a it was great. <laughs> <laughs> was, I, I saw Greg Hardy by. got knocked out, so that's cool. Yes, he got knocked Love out. Love when that happens. Casey, you're muted, so I don't. It was great. Yeah, it was. Fun. <laughs> it was great. The main great. event was so ridiculous. It was so yeah. ridiculous, and in, in, in a good way. And actually, yeah. usually we say ridiculous in a bad way about bare knuckle, but I felt less. It was. It was. It was. It was the best. It was. It was. It was a solidly solid. Awesome card. <laughs> yeah. Way better. Than, okay. Uh, did you, come on. Give me good questions. People. Two questions. Um, <laughs> or one question. Anything. Uh, while I find a question. Hey, Jed, <laughs> how bad does it suck that GC is so much better than you? Wow. Wow. Right? Did he do better? He may have done better than me this week. I didn't have a great week. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I I want him to win every bet he makes because I would like everyone to win every bet they make because other people's failures don't lift me up as a person because my parents loved me. Uh, <laughs> what were the um perform the the UFC give up performance bonuses oh, yet? That's a great that's a great question. I forgot that they would actually give bonuses for this. Um, I would assume Blanchfield. <laughs> Sadikov, Lynchfield Sat- and Sadikov, Silva. Yeah, Sadikov Elder got the fight of the night. So good, oh, good for them. Interesting. I thought and Blanchfield I- and MBS got performances. Was that fight better yep. than Miller Hernandez? That- yeah, oh. I think so. Oh, okay. Maybe. And I think they probably just Maybe. deserved it because Elder kind of got the big fat hose oh, job. One of those things. Fair enough. So this is like, uh, hey, you're not going to get your win bonus, but we'll give you a few more dollars because you just got fight of the night. The 10 minutes was more fun than the 10 minutes of Hernandez Miller. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. One more question. What do we got? Uh, or do we not have any? Are people just mad? Are people angry? Yeah. I, mean, it's, I just, I don't want to, I just don't want to crap on fighters. Like, yeah, we could bring up questions to crap on William Knight, bring up questions to crap on. We talked Porter about Knight. it. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Uh, we're not gonna rip on William Knight for 15 minutes. Like yeah. everybody said, what they had to say about it on Twitter. We talked about it here. You know, we don't know. And, and again, fighters are human beings. We don't know if like something's on his mind. We don't know if things are going on behind the scenes. So to, we'll <laughs> take that for what it is. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure he knows how bad his performance was tonight, and we're not gonna kick him while he's down. Yeah. Um. Or if there's none, we could just get the hell out of here. Yeah, I got, I got some, new, I got some pro wrestling to watch now. 
Oh, yeah. So we're I'm, I'm looking through. There really aren't a lot of phenomenal questions. Yeah, yeah. You, saw, you see, I'm like, uh. <laughs> Which, this isn't a knock on you guys. Frankly, I don't, if I were in the comments, I have no idea what the hell I'd ask here. I mean, this is a challenge we, we to see covered if we it. could actually get two questions. <laughs> so I think I think we hit all the talking points. Uh, but next weekend, folks, uh, we got Bellator in Dublin. It's actually a pretty good card. Yaroslav Amosov is back fighting Ooh, yeah. Logan Storley to unify the welterweight titles. Some, some interesting fights on that card. You know the crowd's going to be on fire. UFC is back for UFC Vegas 70. We got Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. We got the return of Tatiana Suarez. We got the return of Adrian Muniz as he takes on Brendan Allen for the middleweightiest middleweight title. Uh, it's a prestigious title at 185 pounds. Don't you forget the other dope shit we have next Next weekend's big. We've got a one. John Lineker. That's right. John Lineker getting after it. And most importantly, KSW 79. Phil DeVries versus Todd Duffy, guys. That's right. Come on. AK. KSW rules. And don't worry. We're not done with UFC Vegas 69 yet. AK and I back tomorrow. Sure? On to the no. next one. Uh, it'll be a short show as well. Thank you for watching. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.